ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له فأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise him, seek his assistance and forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger this afternoon bi'ithnillahi ta'ala we would like to take the last two paragraphs from the muqaddimah uh, or the introduction of al-imam ibn abi zayd rahimahullah concerning the aqeebah or the creed of ahl sunnah wal jama'ah in these paragraphs, Imam Ibn Abi Zayd has mentioned a number of points primarily related to the status of the companions of the Prophet as well as the obligation of the Muslims to obey those in authority from amongst them and follow the example of the early generations of the Muslims to avoid disputing and arguing in matters of the deen and to avoid every innovated or newly invented matter. In point number 20, Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd begins, وَأَنَّ خَيْرَ الْخُرُونِ الَّذِينَ رَأَوْا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَآمَنُوا بِهِ أَنَّ خَيْرَ الْخُرُونِ that the best of generations is also required to believe that the best of generations or as, as it came in the hadith khayr al-nas the best of humanity is that generation alladhina ra'aw rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam those who saw the messenger of Allah that is they witnessed they were in his presence whether they saw him physically with their eyes or they heard him or they were in his presence during his lifetime wa amanu bihi and they believed in him they are those who saw the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam while they were disbelievers while they were disbelievers, it doesn't count. But the one who saw him, or spoke to him, or heard him, or was in his presence while he was a believer, while he was a believer, then that one is considered from amongst the best of humanity, the best of generations from amongst as Sahaba. Al-Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Asqalani, rahimahullah, has mentioned various opinions concerning the definition of what is a Sahabi or a companion of the Prophet and the best opinion that he has mentioned it is that which Imam Ibn Abi Zayd has mentioned here. It is that one who has witnessed the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam while believing in him and also that he has died as a Muslim. Because perhaps someone has seen the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam while believing in him and then apostated, went out of Islam and died on Kufr. Of course that person will not be considered as a Sahabi, a companion. Therefore we can say that there are three 
basic conditions in the proper complete definition of a Sahabi that is someone who has witnessed the Prophet ﷺ in his lifetime while believing in him and who has died on Islam and who has died on Islam even if that person according to the more correct opinion even if that person apostated and then returned to Islam and died as a Muslim وَأَنَّ خَيْرُ الْقُرُونِ that the best of generations الَّذِينَ رَأَوْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ are those who saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and believed in him وَآمَنُوا بِهِ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ then those who followed them and as it came in the hadith the mention of those who came after them ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ يعني those who followed them those who followed Sahaba meaning التابعون students of Sahaba and then those who followed them التابعين, the students of the students of Sahaba. Then he said, وَأَفْضَلُوا الصَّحَابَةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدُونَ الْمَحْدِيُّونَ And the best, the most excellent of all companions are the rightly guided Khalifas. الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدُونَ الرَّاشِدُونَ الْمَحْدِيُّونَ The rightly guided Khulafa. That is Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman and Ali رضي الله عنهم أجمعين. And this is by ijma' of the scholars of the Muslim Ummah that what is meant by the rightly guided Khulafa it is Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali. <coughs> the best of Sahaba are the Khulafa al-Rashidun al-Mahdiyun the rightly guided Khalifas Abu Bakr ثم Umar ثم Uthman ثم Ali رضي الله عنهم أجمعين In that order of preference in the order, their excellence is in the order as has been mentioned here according to the order of their Khilafah. The one who was the Khalifa first is Abu Bakr and he is the most excellent of Sahaba. And then the next Khalifa was Umar radiallahu anhu and so on. And then he says, وَأَن لَا يُذْكَرَ أَحَدٌ مِّن صَحَابَةِ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ إِلَّا بِأَحْسَنِ ذِكْرٍ and that no one of the companions of the Messenger should be mentioned except except in the best way the, the best that may be said about them the ahsani dhikrin yani the best mentioning of them the best words that can be said about them is all that should be said وَالْإِمْسَاقُ أَمَّا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ and holding back or refraining or abstaining from that which has occurred between them of difference of difference between the companions of the Prophet al-Imsaq that one should abstain and refrain from discussing and talking about that which has occurred of differences amongst the companions of the Prophet Allah is the one who knows best about who from amongst them erred or who was correct in any matter about which they differed وَأَنَّهُمْ أَحَقُّ النَّاسِ أَنْ يُلْتَمَسَ لَهُمْ أَحْسَنُ المخارج ويذن بهم أحسن المذاهب. يعني إن ذات الكمبانيين ذو الباب صلى الله عليه وسلم، they are the ones who have most right that an excuse should be made for them, that we should look for a way out for them, that an excuse should be made for them in any matter about which it appears as though perhaps they have said or they have done something that may be questionable. We should look for a way out for them and not blame them, but we should try to find an excuse to justify or to explain their behavior because they are the best of people, the best of humanity after the Prophet. Therefore, if we have heard or seen that they have said or done something, 
We should look for some excuse to explain their behavior since they are the best of humanity, therefore they have the most right that an excuse should be found for them and that we should have the best thought about them and that we should think about them only in the best way, having only a good, a good opinion of the companions of the Prophet Sheikh Muhammad Al-Khumayyid, Rahimahullah, in his explanation of this uh, paragraph, he says, concerning the statement of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd, وَأَنَّ خَيْرُ الْقُرُونَ الَّذِينَ رَأَوْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ That the best of generations are those who have seen the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم وَآمَنُوا بِهِ and believed in him ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ Then those who follow them, he said it has been confirmed. Yani authentically reported that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said خَيْرُ النَّاسِ قَرْنِي ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith reported by Al-Bukhari that the best of humanity it is my generation Yani those people who were believing in him during his lifetime then those who followed them meaning those who believed after the time of the Prophet ﷺ or who believed in his time but didn't meet him yani they are considered from amongst the Tabi'oon then those who followed them the Atba' al-Tabi'een yani the students of the students of Sahaba yani the best of generations are, th- are these three Al-Sahaba, Al-Tabi'oon and the Atba' al-Tabi'een according to the statement of the Prophet ﷺ so the best of this ummah is the generation which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself has chosen for the companionship of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has chosen them to be the companions of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them the, uh, has given them the honor of being those who have witnessed the revelation as the Qur'an was being revealed. Also this is a distinction for the companions of the Prophet ﷺ that they have witnessed the revelation. They witnessed the Qur'an being revealed. And they actually saw the Messenger of Allah ﷺ yani they saw him in his lifetime. And the virtues of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ other than this are many. Then those who followed them in preference and in excellence are the Tabi'oon, those who saw the Sahaba, and those who witnessed the companions of the Prophet while they were believers and died on Islam, they are the next best in excellence from amongst the whole of humanity after the Prophets and Messengers That is, the Tabi'oon. They have seen Sahaba and they have accompanied them and they have taken the knowledge from them then these are the next best of generations or the next best of humanity then the Atba'at Tabi'een those who were the followers of the Tabi'oon uh, are the next best generation and this is what is understood from the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the next statement of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd, he said, speak concerning the excellence or the preference of some of the companions over others. 
Rama. He said that وَأَفْضَلُوا الصَّحَابَةِ الْخُلَفَاءُ الرَّاشِدُونَ الْمَحْدِيُّونَ Abu Bakr, ثُمَّ عُمَرُ ثُمَّ عُثْمَانُ ثُمَّ عَلِيٌّ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ نَجْمَيْنَ That the best of Sahaba, the best of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ are the rightly guided Khalifas. That is Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali رضي الله عنهم أجمعين. In this way, the Prophet ﷺ has advised us to strictly follow the Khulafa al-Rashidin al-Mahdiyin, the rightly guided Khalifas. The Prophet ﷺ has advised us to follow them. And that is as it has been confirmed in the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, that is reported by At-Tirmidhi ibn Majah and Ahmed rahimahumullah. And this is a part of the hadith in which the Prophet وسلم, gave some words of advice as a farewell advice to his companions before his passing. And in that hadith he said, Alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati al-khulafai al-rashidin al-mahdiyin min ba'di that it is incumbent or obligatory on you to adhere to and accept to my sunnah alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati al-khulafa al-rashidin al-mahdiyin min ba'di and also to adhere to the sunnah of the rightly guided khalifas after me this hadith has been explained by various scholars in different ways and just as a note in case there is some misunderstanding the best of the explanations that I have seen concerning this and Allah knows best is Al-Imam Al-Shawkani in, in which he said Rahimahullah that the meaning of following the Sunnah of the Khulafa al-Rashidin al-Mahdiyin means that they were the closest of people who followed the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam therefore following their Sunnah is like following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ because they were very eager to follow him in every way in the major as well as minor things and they were very careful to avoid conflicting or differing or opposing anything from his sunnah whether of the major or minor matters however that is not the whole of the meaning but also if there are some matters that took place after the death of the Prophet ﷺ that didn't take place in his lifetime then the people should feel confident and secure in following the example or the practice or the guidance of the rightly guided Khalifas after the Prophet ﷺ because if they didn't find anything in the Sunnah then they would have made ijtihad after searching and investigating and consulting with the other companions and therefore the ruling that they made is the best of rulings and it is as though it is uh, obligatory as it is obligatory to follow the actual, actual sunnah of the Prophet therefore the Prophet advised us he ordered us to follow his sunnah and also to follow the sunnah of the rightly guided khalifas after him Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali radiallahu anhum ajma'in if it is of those things that is directed from his sunnah or those things that they have derived from examining the Qur'an and sunnah in matters about which the Prophet ﷺ has not specifically ruled. <coughs> These four, they are the best of the ummah after the Prophet ﷺ. And the order of their excellence or preference, it is in the order of their khilafah, 
يعني the period of rulership. So the best of them is Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu, the close companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then and his friend. Then Umar, also the second close companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and these were the best of Sahaba, yani in the absolute sense, and these are the two whom the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advised us concerning the two of them, to the exclusion of others, اقتدوا بالذين من بعدي من أصحابي أبي بكر وعمر. He ordered us to follow, to follow those two who are after me from amongst my companions. Those two from amongst my companions who will come after me. And he mentioned them specifically by name, Abu Bakr and Umar رضي الله عنهما. May Allah be pleased with both of them. يعني that they have an excellence over the other companions of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. And in the authentic hadith reported from Ali رضي الله عنه, it is reported that he said that I heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم saying that I have gone forth along with Abu Bakr and Umar, and I have come with Abu Bakr and Umar, and I have done such and such with Abu Bakr and Umar رضي الله عنه, and this is a proof that the closest of all of Sahaba to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, they were these two, the first two of the Khulafa Abu Bakr and Umar. After these two, the next rank of excellence is for Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu, the husband of the two daughters of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu The Prophet sallallahu has informed, تفتحي منه الملائكة يعني in a hadith it is reported that the Prophet sallallahu was laying down in his room and his leg was uncovered either the shank of his leg or his thigh and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu came to visit him and he allowed him to be admitted and he remained in that condition relaxed as he was before the visit of his close friend Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu then Umar radiallahu anhu came and he also asked to be admitted and he was admitted and the Prophet remained in that position in the condition that he was in with his leg being uncovered. However, when Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu asked to be admitted, the Prophet sat up and fixed his clothing and covered himself. And he said on that occasion these words, Ala astahi min rajulin tastahi minhu al malaika should I not be shy from a man whom the angels are shy from, whom the angels themselves are shy from. And this is one of the merits or the excellence of Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu that he was the most modest of people and even the Prophet wasallam felt shy in his presence as he said in this hadith and this shows the excellence of Uthman and it also shows that al-haya or modesty it is one of the beautiful characteristics of the malaika, the angels therefore Muslims should try to exhibit this characteristic then after them, in excellence, it is Ali radiallahu anhu, the fourth of the rightly guided Khulafa. And he was also the husband of one of the daughters of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the son of his uncle, yani his cousin. And he is the one concerning whom the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Ama farda an takuna minni bimanzilati haruna min Musa. Yani are you not pleased that you will be 
in relation to me just as was the relationship of Harun to Musa السلام, يعني, the Prophet وسلم, it was on the occasion when he had gone out for the Tabuk expedition and he has deputized or appointed Ali radiallahu anhu to stay behind and to uh, attend to the affairs of the people in his absence then Ali radiallahu anhu said shall you leave me behind with the women and children or with the children and women and then the Prophet وسلم, said are you not pleased will you not be pleased that you will be in relation to me as Harun السلام, was to Musa السلام, when Musa was called by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his presence and Harun السلام, was left behind to attend to the affairs of the people in the place of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so this shows the excellence of Ali radiallahu anhu and it has been mentioned by Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd rahimahullah in a copy of his essay <coughs> as it was narrated in Ijtima' al-Juyush al-Islamiyah by Al-Imam Ibn Qayyim in his copy of this essay he mentions that uh, he, the wording of the, this point is slightly different and he said that the best of this ummah after its prophet وسلم, is Abu Bakr and then Umar and then Ali يعني, as being preferable to Uthman عنه, and it is said that ثُمَّ Uthman wa Ali then after Abu Bakr and Umar after Abu Bakr is first and Umar is second then Uthman and Ali without making a distinction between them which one of them is preferable over the other this is uh, the statement as it is reported from Ibn, Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd in the copy of his essay that Al-Imam Ibn Qayyim has narrated in his book Ijtima'al Juyush Al-Islamiyah in any case that which yani, the Muslims have agreed upon uh, finally and until today is that the preference of the Khulafa al-Rashidin is as he has mentioned here in this muskha that is Abu Bakr and then Umar and then Uthman and then Ali radiallahu anhum ajma'in then he says the third point of this paragraph وَأَلَّا يُذْكَرَ أَحَدٌ مِنْ صَحَابَةِ الرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم إِلَّا بِأَحْسَنِ ذِكْرٍ that no one of the companions of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم should be mentioned except <coughs> with that which is best the best that we can say about them therefore it is haram it is haram to abuse or to use abusive speech or to speak ill against the companions of the Prophet وسلم, or to mention their faults or their defects indeed it is a sign or an indication of hypocrisy and nifaq indeed the Prophet وسلم, has said لا تسبوا أصحابي فلو أن أحدكم أنفق مثل أحد ذهبا ما بلغ مد أحدهم ولا نصيفا 
This hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Don't abuse my companions, yani don't speak abusively concerning my companions. The status of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ is such that the Prophet ﷺ said, Don't abuse my companions, for if one of you had spent that which is equal in gold to the mountain of Uhud, then it wouldn't reach a mud of what one of his companions has given or even a half of it. A mud is a handful, yani what you can hold of grain or wheat or something, if you cup your two hands together, if you gave that amount, in charity, of food stuff, or whatever you gave, if they gave that, then what you have given in gold equal to the mountain of Uhud wouldn't be equal to what they have given. This shows the excellence of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ and the status that they hold with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the reward that they would receive for what they have done. And that is because of their dedication and their sacrifice in uh, adhering to the, the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ and embracing Islam at the time when Islam uh, was weak and sacrificing and suffering in the cause of Allah at that time for the establishment of the deen of Allah. Therefore, it is not permissible for anyone, whoever they might be, to mention the faults or the defects or the shortcomings of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ or to speak ill of them. Indeed, the one who loves them then he is a believer. The one who loves them, it is a sign of iman. And the one who hates them, then he is a hypocrite, a munafiq. Hatred of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ is a sign of hypocrisy. Then he said concerning them that they were the most knowledgeable of the people and the most obedient of the people and those who had the most taqwa and those who made the most effort in jihad and in righteousness and in goodness and they were the least of the people in pretending or in showing that which is not real and they were the most pure of souls may Allah be pleased with all of them therefore they should not be mentioned except with words of praise uh, commending them and supplicating that Allah be pleased with them radiallahu anhum ajma'in in the next point of this paragraph, he said, وَالْإِمْسَاقُوا أَمَّا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ That we should abstain from speaking about what has transpired or what has occurred between the companions of the Prophet ﷺ of difference. It is obligatory on us that we do not engage ourselves in discussions concerning that which has occurred between the companions, the differences or the fighting that took place, we should not delve into such matters. Instead, it is obligatory on us to refrain from such and to leave that matter of the knowledge of who is right or who is wrong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not ask us concerning them which one of them was right or which one of them was mistaken in that which has occurred between them. This is knowledge which is of no benefit and it is ignorance which does not harm. Yani if a person knows which one of them was right in a difference between them or if he doesn't know, it doesn't benefit if he knows and it doesn't hurt if he doesn't know. But what is obligatory on us 
is to know that they were, as al ibn Abi Zayd said, they were the most right, they had the most right of all people that we should search for an excuse for them and that we think the best of them. Indeed, the companions of the Prophet they had more rights, that we look for excuses for them instead of blaming them, and that we think the best of them instead of thinking ill of them. For indeed, whatever they differed about, they and whatever they fought about, it wasn't yani, fighting for something of the dunya, of material things. But it was that some of them have made each to had in a matter. And they have made the correct opinion, and therefore they have received two rewards. And the others of them have also made ijtihad, and they have erred in their opinion, and therefore they will receive one reward. Yani what they have differed about is due to their ijtihad. And from amongst them there are those who are correct in their ijtihad, and Allah will reward them with two rewards. And from amongst them are those who have erred in their ijtihad, and Allah would reward them also with one reward for their ijtihad and for their sincerity. And this is similar to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, reported in Sahihin al-Bukhari and Muslim, that the Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَا حَكَمَ الْحَاكِمُ فَاجْتَهَدَا فَأَصَابَ فَلَهُ أَجْرَانِ That if the ruler or the judge, if he makes a ruling, and he makes ijtihad to come to the right conclusion, and then he reaches the correct opinion, then he will have two rewards. وَإِنْ إِجْتَهَدَ فَأَقْطَعَ فَلَهُ أَجْرٌ But if he makes ijtihad, striving to seek the correct opinion in a matter, and he errs, then he will have one reward. Yani he will have a reward for his ijtihad, while the one who reaches the correct opinion will have a reward for his ijtihad as well as his correct opinion, and the one who has erred, his error it is forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he is rewarded for his sincerity and the effort that he has made to reach the correct opinion. <coughs> In this case, we understand that all of the companions of the Prophet that their objective, it was to do that which is good. Their intentions were indeed based upon their fear of Allah. Therefore, this is the correct opinion that is obligatory on us to hold towards them, that we should look for an excuse for them, and we should only say that which is good about them. As for making accusations against them, then this is not allowed. If the companions of the Prophet ﷺ were not those who have most right to seek an excuse for them, and to think well of them, and to leave the matter whatever has taken place between them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to pray that Allah be pleased with them if they are not the one who has most right to that then who is it? Here the Shaykh in summarizing this paragraph mentions four points the first of them the best of generations is the companion of the Prophet the companions of the Prophet and then those who came after them the Tabi'un and then those who came after them Atba' Tabi'un the second point that the best of As-Sahaba it is the rightly guided Khalifa, the four of them, in the order of their Khilafah, yani Abu Bakr and then Umar and then Uthman, and then Ali radiallahu anhu majma'in. The third point, it is obligatory enough to refrain from discussing the differences that have occurred between the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and to only mention them with that which is good. And the last point is that the companions of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam have more right that we seek an excuse whatever has occurred between them. The last paragraph of the essay of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd, Rahimahullah, 
it is equally important to the previous paragraph concerning the status of the companions of the Prophet and it is an issue about which there is great difference of opinion not only in our time but even there was in the earlier generations and the position of the Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah which is based upon the evidences of the Qur'an and the Sunnah is that which Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd has mentioned here and he said in the end of his essay in the other copies of it he said that what I have mentioned before this, all of it, it is the position of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah and the Imams of this Ummah and it is the opinion of Al-Imam Malik Rahimahullah either that which he has stated specifically or that which is known from his Madhab and this last point or the last point here especially this last paragraph uh, concerning obedience to those in authority from amongst the Muslims is of the utmost importance. It is indeed a great fitna that has occurred amongst the Muslim peoples when they have fallen into dispute with the rulers or those in authority from amongst them, whether from amongst the governors or the scholars, and they have differed and opposed them, and this has led to chaos and confusion in the Muslim lands. Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd closes this essay with this final paragraph وَطَاعَةُ لِأَئِنَّكِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مِنْ وُلَاتِ أُمُورِهِمْ وَأُلَمَائِهِمْ That it is also required of the Muslims to have obedience أَطَاعَ Obedience to the Imams of the Muslims whether from amongst those who have authority over their affairs meaning the governors or their scholars يعني the, the Muslim scholars وَإِتِّبَاعُ السَّلَفِ الصَّالِحِ And also, it is also required to strictly adhere to the Salaf al-Salih, the righteous predecessors. Yani, those righteous people who came before us from the first generations of the Muslims, specifically the companions of the Prophet, al-Sahaba radiallahu anhu majma'in. وَإِتِّبَاعُ آثَارِهِمْ That we must strictly adhere or follow them and adhere to that which they have left behind, meaning the knowledge and the example and the teachings and the guidance that they have left behind. لهم, and likewise it is required of us to ask Allah's forgiveness for them. And to abandon or avoid arguing and disputing in matters of the deen of Islam, that we should avoid it. وَتَرْكُوا كُلِّ مَا أَحْدَثَهُ الْمُحْدِثُونَ And to avoid or to abandon everything that has been invented or innovated by the innovators. Yani those who uh, innovate or invent something in the deen of Allah that has no basis in the sharia or the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then close the essay وَصَلَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ نَبِيِّهِ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَزْوَاجِهِ وَذُرِّيَّتِهِ وَسَلَّمَ تَسْلِيمًا كَثِيرًا my praying for the salat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon our master and our leader Muhammad, the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and also upon his family and his wives and his offspring. And may Allah grant him safety, safety in this world and safety in the next, uh, as well as his family and his companions and his offspring. Shaykh Abdul Rahman. Muhammad Abdul Rahman al-Khumayyid Aqeedahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him mentions concerning these points in the last paragraph in obedience to those in authority uh, avoiding disputing in the deen and avoiding innovations the first of them he says 
that it is obligatory on the Muslims to obey the imams of the Muslims, whether they are from amongst those who are in authority, that is the governors or the rulers, or whoever has been given any authority over the Muslims, whether it is uh, even in the home, the parents and so on, that obeying those in authority from amongst the Muslims. And this is based on the saying of Allah Based on the saying of Allah in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 59, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَطِيرُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيرُوا الرَّسُولُ وَأُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ فَإِنْ تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُ This statement where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed the believers, those who have iman, أَطِيرُوا اللَّهَ Obey Allah, it is a command, Obey Allah, وَأَطِيرُوا الرَّسُولُ And obey the Messenger, sallallahu and likewise those in authority from amongst you. And if you differ in any matter, refer to Allah and His Messenger. The scholars <coughs> of the people of Sunnah and the scholars of Tafsir have explained that in this ayat there is an instruction to the believers to obey Allah and to obey the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa And likewise there is obedience due to Ulil Amri Minkum, those who are in authority from amongst you. However, the obedience to those in authority from amongst you is subject to their not ordering you to do something in disobedience to Allah and His Messenger wasallam. For this reason Allah has used the word, the command form, أَعْطِيُ اللَّهِ وَأَعْطِيُ الرَّسُولِ Obey Allah and obey the Messenger. As for those in authority from amongst you, He has just joined it to their statement, not ordering us directly with the expression that He has used for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi which makes us to know that there is a difference between obedience to Allah and His Messenger and obedience to those in authority from amongst you and the obedience to those in authority from amongst you is subject to their command being in agreement or in accordance or not being in conflict with the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then the remainder of the verse makes it even more clear that if you differ in any matter فَرُدُّهِ إِلَى اللَّهِ that if you differ in any matter, refer to Allah and His Messenger. Yani to Allah and His Messenger, not to those in authority from amongst you. Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah says in his tafsir concerning this verse. For this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah, obey Allah, that is, follow His book. Wa Rasul, obey the Messenger, that is, take from His Sunnah. Wa al-Amri minkum, and those in authority from amongst you, that is, Obey those in authority from amongst you فِيمَا أَمَرُكُمْ بِهِ مِنْ طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ يعني Obey them in what they have ordered you to do of matters of obedience to Allah لَا فِي مَعَثِيَةِ اللَّهِ Not in disobedience to Allah يعني Obedience to those in authority in obedience to Allah Not in disobedience to Allah uh, Then he said For indeed there is no obedience to a created being La ta'ata li makhlukin There is no obedience to any created being, whoever it may be, in disobedience to Allah. And it has come, this wording has come in the hadith in which the Prophet said, La ta'ata li makhlukin That there is no obedience to a created being in disobedience to the Creator. And then Al-Imam Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir said, and this is, as has been mentioned previously in the authentic hadith, إِنَّمَا أَطَّعَةُ فِي الْمَعْرُوفِ That indeed, obedience, it is in al-ma'ruf, and that which is good and that which is right, that which is in accordance with the sharia of the Prophet ﷺ. And that uh, hadith 
إنما تعرف في المعروف it has been mentioned also in the tafsir that when this ayah was revealed that the Prophet ﷺ has appointed one of his companions to be the leader of a group who was sent out from Medina and that leader became angry for some reason with, his, with the people under his authority and he ordered them to collect some wood and then he ordered them to set it on fire and then he ordered them to enter into it they collected the wood and they set it on fire but when he ordered them to enter it they began to think and they looked at one another and one from amongst them said that we have fled to the Prophet ﷺ from the fire how shall we enter the fire? And they said we will not do it until we go back and talk to the Prophet ﷺ so when they told him he told them that if you had entered it you would never have come out of it that verily obedient yani to the one in authority from amongst you that I have ordered you to obey it is only in ma'roof it is only in that which is good and that which is right and likewise concerning the obedience to those in authority the Prophet ﷺ in a hadith reported by Ibn Abbas from the Prophet ﷺ he said that whoever من رأى من أميره شيئاً يقرأه فليصبر that whoever sees something in his leader, in his Amir which he dislikes which he finds incorrect or unpleasant or he doesn't think it is good من رأى من أميره شيئاً يقرأه whoever sees something in his leader that he dislikes فليصبر then he must remain patient فليصبر it is a command لام الأمر فليصبر then you must be patient when you see in the ruler that which you don't like فليصبر the Prophet ﷺ said be patient be patient فليصبر فإنه ليس أحد يفارق الجماعة شبرا فيموت إلا مات ميتة جاهلية because no one of you who separates the Muslims who divides the Muslims by disobeying the ruler even a shibra even a handstand whichever one of you does that disobeys the ruler and divides the Muslim if he dies in that condition he will die the death of jahiliyyah he will die as the people in jahiliyyah Al-Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Asqalani said it means as a fasif as a disobedient sinner so the Muslim should be patient with the ruler even in that which he sees in him that he doesn't like and likewise it has been reported from Ubadah ibn Samit radiallahu anhu that the Prophet took the pledge from us the Messenger of Allah وسلم, took the pledge from us ala sami wa ta'ati to hear, to listen to our ruler and to obey him and that we should not dispute or we should not disobey the one who has been given authority over us illa antara illa antara kufran bawahan عندكم فيه من الله برهان that we should not hold back the hand of obedience from the one who has been given authority over us except if we see in that one in authority clear kufr clear kufr he said what إلا أن تروا كفرا بواحا كفر about which there is no doubt عندكم فيه من الله برهان and concerning it you have a clear proof from Allah that this is kufr and that this person is a kafir otherwise in the absence of the kufr of the leader then the leader should be obeyed as long as he doesn't order us to do that which is in disobedience to Allah here the shaykh said that concerning the obedience of those in authority it is said that it means the ulama that is the scholars and it is said that it means the umara 
that is the rulers or the governors, and it includes both of them. In fact, it includes every person who has any amount of authority. Therefore, the Muslim, it is incumbent upon him to listen to and to obey the ruler or whoever has authority over him as long as what he has ordered him to do is ma'roof, is that which is good. Because the obedience, as the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّمَا تَعَتُوا فِي الْمَعْرُوفِ Obedience is only in that which is good. As for if one is ordered to do an act of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then there is no listening to what the ruler has said, no obeying. Don't listen or obey. And this has been reported in the hadith from Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma and Bukhari and Muslim that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, As-sam'u wa ta'atu ala al-mar'i al-Muslim fima ahabba wa kariha ma lam yu'mar bima'afiyatin that hearing and obeying is obligatory on the Muslim person in that which he loves and that which he hates and in that which he is in agreement with and that which he differs with it is incumbent to hear and obey as long as he is not ordered to do an act of disobedience to Allah but when or if he is ordered to do an act of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he should neither hear nor obey this is what is obligatory yani obedience to the one who has authority as long as what he orders is that which is good and right in agreement with the deen in accordance with the sharia and this will make the affairs of the people to be orderly and organized and that their condition will be correct and sound and proper then he said after obey, ob- obeying those in authority وَاتِّبَعُوا أَسْتَرَفِ الصَّالِحِ وَاقْتِفَاءُ آثَارِهِمْ following or adhering to the way of as-salaf al-salih, the righteous predecessors, the early generations of the Muslims and specifically it means the companions of the Prophet and those who came after them and the Prophet has identified three generations, his companions then those who were the students of companions of Tabi'un and those who were the students of the Tabi'un, the Asba'a Tabi'un following them and adhering to and following that which they have left behind of knowledge and guidance and their ways and manners and so on so the true Muslim, it is obligatory upon him to adhere to and to follow that which, the way that was left behind by the righteous predecessors as Salaf al-Sali radiallahu anhum from amongst the Sahaba and the Tabi'een and the followers of been indicated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani that he is pleased with them and everyone who follows them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with those, the first generation of the Muslims and those who followed them in the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Tawbah chapter 9 verse 100 وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ وَعَدَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي تَحْتَهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا That indeed the Sabiquna الْأَوَّلُونَ The first people Those who preceded others And they were the first يعني from amongst the Muhajireen Those who migrated from Mecca to Medina And the Ansar Those who received them in Medina From the people of Medina Concerning the first generation of the Muslims, the Sahaba, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ And those who followed their way in that which is good, who followed their way in that which is good. 
رضي الله عنهم الله is pleased with them ورضوا عن and they are pleased with him and Allah has prepared for them gardens underneath which rivers flow to remain in it forever so the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning the companions and whoever follows them it is an indication or a proof that Allah is pleased with their minhaj their way and their tariqah their manner and their aqidah their belief and their general condition that Allah is pleased with them and whoever follows them it is an indication that they were on the correct way in their belief and in their character and in their practice and in their ibadah indeed they were upon the truth and the right guidance then he said it is obligatory on us to seek forgiveness for them as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Hashr chapter 59 verse 10 وَالَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا غُفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ صَبَقُونَا بِالْإِيمَانِ that those who came after that they said or that they say and we should say رَبَّنَا غُفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا that oh Allah forgive us and our brothers الَّذِينَ صَبَقُونَا بِالْإِيمَانِ who have preceded us in Iman those who came before us from amongst the believers and that includes primarily first and foremost the companions and the tabi'in and those who followed them in the last two points he said وَتَرْكُوا الْمِرَاءِ وَالْجِدَالِ فِي الدِّينِ and abandoning arguing and disputing in the deen for indeed arguing and disputing in the deen is a blameworthy matter it has been reported in authentic hadith reported by Imam Ahmed in his Musnad Al-Tirmidhi ibn Majah Al-Hakim مَا ضَلَّ قَوْمٌ بَعْدَ هُدَىٰ كَانُوا عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا أُوتُ الْجَدَلِ that no people have gone astray after guidance that they were upon after having been guided except they were given to arguing and disputing yani as a result of arguing and disputing the people who were on the correct path they have gone astray then the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after saying this he mentioned the saying of Allah مَا ضَرَبُوهُ لَكَ إِلَّا جَدَلًا بَلْ هُمْ قَوْمٌ قَاطِمُونَ that they have not given this example in disputing with the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam they have not said what they said to him except just to dispute and to quarrel not that they had any real argument but they just want to dispute and fall. Indeed, there are people who love disputing and falling. However, it is permissible for the Muslim to argue with the people of falsehood in that which is best if they have hope from them that they will respond to the truth and that they will return to the truth. In that case, it is permissible to argue and to dispute with them in ways that are best. And finally, the last point, abandoning or avoiding everything that has been newly invented by the innovators for indeed it has been mentioned in the authentic hadith reported by Abu Dawud and the Tirmidhi that every innovation, every newly invented matter is bid'ah. The Prophet said, وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْدَثَاتُ الْأُمُورِ فَإِنَّ كُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٌ In some of the narrations he said, وَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ that, every, that we should avoid all of the newly invented matters for indeed every innovative matter is astray in some of the narrations he said every newly invented matter is an innovation and every innovation is going astray and every going astray is in the hellfire the prophet sallallahu has also cursed the one who invents something or who supports the innovator and that hadith allahu alam if it is sahih however there is an authentic hadith from the prophet sallallahu concerning the sacredness of Al-Madinah in which he said that whoever innovates something in it or does any injustice or wrongdoing in it or supports the muhdithan, the innovator or the wrongdoer 
then then the curse of Allah will be upon him and the curse of the angels and all of humanity. Indeed, newly invented things in the deen without permission from Allah, it is exchanging or changing the sharia. And it has been mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran in Surah Al-Shura chapter 42 verse 21, أَمْ لَهُمْ شُرَكَاءُ شَرَعُوا لَهُمْ مِنَ الدِّينِ مَا لَمْ يَأْذَنْ بِهِ اللَّهِ That do they have shuraka, partners, that they have made partners with Allah, who legislate for them in their deen, that which Allah has not given permission for, and we find that amongst the Muslims today that either their sheikhs of their tariqah or their madahib have held an opinion that contradicts the Qur'an or the sunnah and they reject the Qur'an and sunnah for the opinion of those whom they follow who Allah has not given permission concerning them. So it is not permissible to invent anything new in the deen of Allah in any condition whatsoever. What is obligatory on the, on the people is to avoid all innovations and stick to the sunnah or indeed refuting the people of innovation and suppressing their doubtful matters and breaking up their groups and hating, having hatred and enmity for them and supporting the Sunnah and the people of Sunnah it is of the greatest of the acts of Jihad in the way of Allah and it is the most lofty of acts of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that reason we see the early generations of this Ummah the Imams of the people of Sunnah that they were the most severe against the people of innovation in what they taught and in what they wrote for indeed softness and easiness or leniency with the people of innovation it is a cause for strengthening their power and causing their their deviant ways to become apparent in front of the people and to be given attention not to mention those who support them or who defend them wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala ali wa azwajihi wa dhurriyatihi wa sallama tasliman kathira this is the end of the essay of al-imam ibn abi zayd in any case, quickly if we can just look at the questions even in brief yani, so that you will have them because you will need them for the examination who are the best of humanity after the prophets and why yani, the best of humanity of the sahaba because of the excellence that Allah has given to them in choosing them to be companions give the correct definition of sahaba yani, the one who has witnessed the prophet while believing in him and died on Islam who are the best of sahaba in order of the excellence the four uh, khalifas Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali what distinction has the Prophet ﷺ given to the Khulaf al-Rashidin al-Mahdiyin? Yani that he has ordered us to follow their sunnah along with following his sunnah, showing the excellence of their following his way. Mention the distinction for both Uthman and Ali. The Prophet ﷺ said that Uthman, that even the angels are shy from him. And that Ali radiallahu anhu, he said that his position to the Prophet ﷺ is like the position of Musa in one of the narrations of the hadith which I didn't mention he said except that there is no prophet after me yani Harun was a prophet السلام, but there is no prophet after Muhammad ﷺ explain the correct position concerning the differences which took place among Sahaba that we refrain from discussing these things and trying to point out who is right or wrong but we leave the matter to Allah alone and only say about them that which is good Mentioned the hukm or the legal ruling concerning sabba sahaba abusing the companions. It is haram to abuse the companions of the Prophet ﷺ whom Allah was pleased with. Who are the imams who are entitled to al-ta'a and in what condition? Yani the imams who are entitled to al-ta'a, it means the governors or the rulers, whether they have come to authority by the pleasure of the people or by force. And it means the Muslim scholars and in the condition that what they order us is that which is good in accordance with the Quran and Sunnah. 
Who is it that is meant by Salaf al-Sali and what is our relationship to them? It means the righteous predecessors, the first generation of the Muslims, the Sahaba and those who followed them. And our relationship to them is that we follow their way and we take from their example. Why are we ordered to abandon al-Mira wal-Jibar arguing and disputing in the deen? Because arguing and disputing in the deen causes people to be led astray. What should be our position towards bid'ah innovation in its people? that we should avoid it and we should reject it and we should oppose it and we should support the sunnah and the people of sunnah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.